This is Romy. And Kiana. And you're listening to the, the Millennials in Ministry Podcast. The show that gives you a millennial's perspective on the things you want to talk about in ministry. So, so let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. it. All right, so this is our very first episode. Yeah. I am very excited about it. Me too. It. <laughs> so we're going to give you a breakdown of what this episode is going to look like, and then we're going to jump into the topic. Well, let's go. So the first segment we're going to talk about is a millennial moment. Mm. And I had a millennial moment this week. Okay, I'm so ready. Tell me about it. So I had my two nephews and my niece over the weekend. They mm-hmm. are 11, 9, and 5. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing bro. <laughs> Broski. I was like, that's, that's, stop. Just, just stop. I am not your bro. It was bro every three seconds mm-hmm. to everything. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is making me feel very old because I'm getting very irritated. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't understand why everything and everybody is bro. Even my niece was doing it. Okay. Well, just to kind of, you know, play advocate here for us during our age, everything was dude. It was, but now Dude. I see why my mama was so annoyed and so irritated with us. Hey, listen, it is what it is. And we can't even come out of some of that sometimes when we're amongst our, like, with each other. True. We will still be like, dude. True. We will still do it. But we don't do it every three seconds. Like, my nine-year-old nephew has it bad. Like, he was bro this, bro that, bro this, bro that. And I was like... <laughs> KK, like, <laughs> but it's a form of relating. It is. Like but you gotta I'm let like, the baby relate. I'm like, say bro one more time. It's gonna be me and you. What if you start spelling it out, or like saying bro phonetically, like, and that is something he would do because he <laughs> likes to push people's buttons. I, I love like him to death, but like he likes already. to push people's buttons. He's my kind of guy. So I mean, that that was my millennial moment, and it made me feel kind of old. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even that old yet, but I was just like, you know what, this new gen generation. And I felt like my granny. Like, I was like, Kiana, you having an auntie moment. Like, you are truly having an <sighs> oh auntie my gosh. moment. And I was like, we used to make fun of our aunties for fussing at us. And I, I'm becoming that auntie. It's okay. Embrace it. <sighs> I'm over it. I'm going to have to give my millennial moment next episode. But I'm, I'm with you on that one because my niece is 12. And I promise you, I feel like she's 46 with some of the <laughs> drama that is taking place. So it's hilarious. Um, so we'll definitely have to talk about that. But welcome. I'm glad that you're having your moment. Listen, um, our next segment we're going to mention <laughs> is what the pastor can't say. Girl. So Let I me sent, set up y'all for I this was say, I sent Romy this video. Mm. Funny, my husband sent it to me. Okay. Um, and I'll throw a clip in here. But it's basically a pastor who's like maybe mid-30s, early 40s, mm-hmm. basically saying that a first lady can make or break your ministry. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you and I have had this conversation. I've had this conversation with my husband. I've had this conversation with my friends because I had a bad experience with the first lady. Okay. And then I became a first lady immediately after. Mm. And so I try to be the antithesis of what she was, <laughs> but mm-hmm. in trying to be the opposite of what she was, I sometimes can't fully be myself. Right. Because I don't want that. I mean, but what's the issue with you like being you? Well, the issue with me being me is my face tells everything, mm-hmm. which is always an issue. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I can be a little blunt at times. Mm. And again, we're going to talk about it on here. Yeah, we are. Some people can't take that. True. People are much more sensitive and much more touchy than they used to be. Okay. I came up in the church where you do what you were told. Mm-hmm. And you can get cussed out, fussed out, and everything else on Sunday morning, and mm-hmm. you just had to stand there and take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is the era I come from. So my skin mm-hmm. is a little tougher mm-hmm. than most. Yeah. But a lot of people can't take that. So I have to kind of, and I hate to say it, I have to kind of coddle mm-hmm. from people mm-hmm. when I'm talking to them about certain things. Yeah. Um, and so... I think that that statement is 100% true. Okay. Because I saw what a bad first lady did to a ministry. She literally tore it down mm. and diminished all of that pastor's hard work. Mm-hmm. And I never want to be a hindrance to my husband mm-hmm. as a pastor. Mm-hmm. I always want to be an asset. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like I have to walk on eggshells because I don't want people to be like, oh, she's terrible. Or oh, right. she always got an attitude. Or oh, she always got something to say. Yeah, but so like we have a praise dance ministry, and some of my girls call me a drill sergeant. Okay, if you in there doing what you're supposed to do, like if you're not doing something right, I'm gonna tell you to stop, start from the top. Like you gonna get it together, and you gonna get it right. Mm-hmm. If you come in here and you're not dressed appropriately, we gonna have a conversation. Okay, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but we definitely gonna talk about it. Right. If I have to church mother pin you up, <laughs> I'm gonna pin you up. <laughs> You know, and I think, so one, you know, for everybody listening, I am not a first lady. That's not even my ministry, okay? (laughs) Like, the reason why she's one of the closest people in my life is because I respect the office of her being a first lady. Um, I crack jokes all the time and I call her pastor, but that's just, that's just me. Listen, for those of you who are, you know, watching this that go to her church, don't get on her because I call her pastor take it up with me and I look at my shirt I'm half hood and half holy so you might not want to take it up with me and okay we're we gonna dig into that <laughs> but but all jokes aside so I watched the video you sent me mm-hmm. and although I agree with him just like as a um a, a petitioner of the church right mm-hmm. as a person who goes to the church um I understand and I respect where he's coming from mm-hmm. but I'm also reminded of something from Bishop T.D. Jakes and I don't know if you've seen it um, Bishop T.D. Jakes and I'll call her Mama Sarita. This mm-hmm. lady don't know me from a, a can of paint, mm-hmm. right? But I, I just feel She's the just, mothering yes. through everything yes. that she she does and it's says. It's just her spirit. Right. Um, they have something. It's a, a hour and like 45 minute series on YouTube and it's called Winning at Home. Okay. And they touch though on this exact topic about how, um, how they keep balance within their marriage. And they've been married 41 years, mm-hmm. but they started out like literally in their ministry with, he was like, listen, yeah, I preach in these robes, Mm -hmm. but underneath these robes is a man, you Mm -hmm. know, there's, he actually had me cracking up. He was like, there's a Negro, you know? And she was like, I like him. Um, I was dying, but he was saying like, people have to remember that even in ministry, you guys are still human. You're still people. And where I think part of the problem comes in at is people want to place this expectation on you as leaders, especially Mm -hmm. first ladies, Mm -hmm. um, where you have to fit into the typical or traditional methods of being a first lady and i am in no means or by definition a traditional first lady. no you're not but my thing is is that well who wants that so like check it like let's just i just said just as a person who comes to church yes and the reason why i'm saying that is because 
obviously some things traditionally Mm -hmm. did not work. Mm -hmm. The reason why there's been this evolution or, you know, evolvement Mm -hmm. of the church Mm -hmm. to fit more people, right? So there are some, I feel like, strong characteristics that first lady should have Mm -hmm. but how you go about implementing those or displaying those characteristics should be all the way up to you yes and if that doesn't work for me as a petitioner of the church i'm gonna move around if it doesn't work for me Mm -hmm. i don't want a first lady like some of the first ladies that i've encountered Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I don't, and I, I don't want that. that. And lately God has been sending people in my life to encourage me about me being me. Yes. Cause who you are is pretty dope. I mean, listen, y'all, she is like really dope. She's a dope friend, but she's a even better first lady. I mean, the amount of patience that you have seriously for people, that's why God didn't give it to me. He put an extra bit <laughs> when he made you, he put that sprinkle of first lady on you. Cause it, baby, I don't got that. It's funny that you said that. Cause I never, in a thousand years thought that I would marry a pastor. And well. I, when I married him, he wasn't a pastor. But I knew mm-hmm. when he got married and understood that eventually he would become a pastor. But you also have the heart. You have that heart that was open to the calling of being a first lady. I did. because, And honestly, and again, to each his own. And like you said, there has been a great evolution in the church. Yes. Well, a lot of first ladies are changing. Um like, for instance, Karen Clarkshire, a lot of people don't like that she likes to wear her hair different colors. She likes mm-hmm. to wear makeup. I love her red lipstick. And yeah. that's me all day, every day. Exactly. But a lot of people don't like that because they're used to tradition. I mean, but look at Shawnee, um, uh, Patrick Henderson. Henderson's yes, wife. Yes. I love Shawnee. Shawnee came out the gate like, look, if y'all expecting me. But, I mean, but also, <laughs> she was in a place in her life. She is also older. Yeah. She's lived a life. Yes. You know, she was like, okay, I worked hard to be who I am. Yes. So you going to get all of me. Exactly. I kind of came in in a place where, so I met my husband when I was 16 through his father's church. Mm -hmm. We got married when I was 24. Mm -hmm. I became Mm -hmm. a first lady at 29. So in a very short period of time, Mm -hmm. things kind of moved very quickly for me. And let's be realistic and honest. At 25, you don't really fully know. Girl, we didn't know ourselves. And that's what I'm saying. So and then at 29, I was really like, okay, Kiana, it's it's time to discover Mm -hmm. who you really are. Mm -hmm. But then I'm trying to discover me and also help my husband shepherd and take care of a ministry. Mm -hmm. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with him, but also... You all have to allow your leaders to be human. Exactly. And I also think, too, that part of this is just outside looking in. Mm -hmm. And this is this is not any shade at anybody's marriage. But I think what makes first ladies successful is that allowment happens within the marriage first. Yes. So when you find pastors who support their wives Mm -hmm. being the first lady that they inherently and naturally are yes you see a higher success with the interactions between the church uh, petitioners and the first lady as opposed to you never seeing this first lady Mm -hmm. but you only see her for special occasions she sits on that front row she cannot be touched her armor bearers want to beat you down when you come in to give her a hug she don't hug you or when she hug you she church pat you you know that "Mm, will bless you see you know having that conversation too and Mm -mm. i I have to applaud my husband he's never pushed me to be somebody i'm not right so i appreciate him for that because i'm not a singer i'm not a preacher you know i got a word in my belly every once in a while but i'm Mm -hmm. not a preacher (laughs) Um, Come on, word in the good. But 
I I don't know. And it's everybody has to do their own thing and everybody has to do what's good for them. And me and my husband have had many discussions about it. And I'm grateful and appreciative that I have friends like you and some of my other girlfriends who are my outlet. Mm -hmm. I'll say it like that. Mm -hmm. Who come to me and like even when we go and hang out or we have a girls night, y'all will be like, okay, listen. So we going to this place just mm-hmm. so you're aware of your mm-hmm. surroundings. Absolutely. Um, we know you can't be out too late if it's a Saturday night because you yeah. got to be at church on Sunday morning. Yeah, we irritate you with that one, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I appreciate, like you said, that y'all respect the office. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, y'all allow me to be me. And yeah. y'all are like, okay, let's what happened let's talk about it let's talk through it yeah and y'all are quick to be like okay now you may have been out of order on that (laughs) like and sometimes y'all will be like okay well no you weren't out of order maybe this should have been handled this way and i appreciate having a different outside perspective yeah because i we're always the hardest on ourselves Mm -hmm. and i feel like i go a little extra hard on me sometimes because Mm -hmm. of my experience with my former first lady and i and in my mind, I never want to be compared to that. I got you. Um, but that is something that, you know, what the pastor can't say. I really do think that a first lady can't make or break her ministry. And I've seen it happen with my own eyes. I just really liked, and I, I really liked the whole what the pastor can and can't say segment of, of our uh, podcast. And honestly, it's really more of a conversation, you know, mm-hmm. that we have. And, um, but I really like that because... I feel like sometimes I can sit in the audience at church and know that the pastor be like, you know what? She needs to come off this praise team because that note, she keep hitting that wrong (laughs) note every single Sunday and it's getting annoying at this point in time. You know, but he can't say that because he don't want to discourage. But you know what, pastors and first ladies, you got people in the church like me. We'll tell them for you. Listen, (laughs) I tell Romeo in a minute, Romeo is my Peter all day, every day. Hey, listen. For real. Because I'd be like, you know, I can't say, but you can. And I'm like, I got you. Who is he? <laughs> Let me know who I got to tell it to. I have not a problem. But, yeah, so those are two of our segments that we're going to be doing on yeah. the podcast. But now we're just going to go ahead and jump into our episode. Yeah. So the title of the episode is Drop It Low for Jesus. Drop It Low for Jesus. Church and culture. Now, this is a topic that has many layers. Mm. It can get very dynamic, girl. Um, but I don't know. It kind of hit me. Okay. When I was like doing some various things and looking at the different aspects of it, and me and Ben were even having a conversation about it this morning because I might ruffle some feathers. Uh oh. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you say, you know, you might ruffle some feathers. How how bad is the ruffle getting ready to get? It's, it's about to get bad. I am with it. So, so in what we were talking about, so the first thing we were talking about is um, how the church often preaches against mainstream culture. Yes. And in doing so, I know a lot of it is, you know, based on trying to get people to focus on the relationship with God. Yeah. Um, but... We don't know how to do that without having a controlling aspect mm. of that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And when I say we, I'm, I'm talking as the church, the church. as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we can control what you're doing, 
we know what you're doing. Exactly. If I tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. Exactly. I now have control. Mm-hmm. And that's not what the word wants. Mm-mm. So we we were going through that, even to the place of, and again, don't don't get too mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. Building, you know, building these statues of our founders, having these busts of our former leaders. I mean, in my mind, when I studied the word, it, it appears to be a form of idolatry. Uh-oh, 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 the big I word. Listen, you said it was going to get bad, but you know, I take a bad and run with it. It gets worse, <laughs> right? So when when we first talked about this or mm-hmm. we was like, okay, you know what, this whole culture thing. So one, okay. You know I'm a nerd. And y'all gonna figure this out, too. I'm definitely a nerd. That's my thing. But I had to, like, really look up how we define culture. Mm -hmm. And so, like, culture is defined by the customs or arts or social uh, institutions and achievements of a particular people Mm -hmm. or nation, right? So that's what what culture is Mm -hmm. in itself. But there's like a spiritual definition of culture. And that spiritual definition of culture is what we do best Mm -hmm. with God's creation. Okay. Right. Like Like that's, that's, that's what I, that's how I define culture Mm -hmm. um, spiritually is what we do best with God's creation. Mm -hmm. Now, when you said you was going to ruffle some feathers, I was ready for the, I was ready for the ruffling. (laughs) And let me tell y'all, y'all going to see my, my cards. Listen, I got my notes in my phone. Period. Y'all going to see it on a, on a regular basis or whatever. Because when you said that, like we tend to preach against culture Mm -hmm. and, but it comes in a form of control. Um, here we go. Y'all ready for the, y'all ready for the worst part? It's because the church does not know how to function outside of their doctrines. And, I, and, I get that, mad, yes. and get mad, people, if you want to get mad. This is just how I feel about it. We have a tendency to rely so heavy on being Pentecostal, mm-hmm. ecclesiastical, mm-hmm. Baptist, Methodist, Assemblies of God, whatever, whatever that doctrine is, right? Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to rely on that so heavy because that provides the structure of how we do church. Mm-hmm. Listen to what I said, how we do church, yes. not go to church or be the church, how we do church. Yes. And so because of that, right? We get mad when groups outside don't do what we do. Mm-hmm. So I agree that it's in control. But what gets me is the references, the the scriptural references. I was gonna say I had a scripture to how yeah. is it Romans? Yeah, no, Second Corinthians. Oh, because mine is Romans, Romans, Romans twelve. Okay, so the one, and I was just gonna say Girl, the scripture I was ahead. using this is because this is what people always preach to me. Okay, I'm ready. When I be doing things, therefore come out from among them and separate yourself, said the Lord. Touch no <laughs> unclean thing. Right. And I will receive you. Right. So that is a scripture that is always preached to me when people come to me and be like, you shouldn't be hanging out or you shouldn't be going mm. out or you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that mm-hmm. because it's not befitting, especially me as a first lady. Mm. It's not befitting of that. And me and my godfather had this argument a couple of weeks ago when he was in town because oh. my godfather is Baptist. Okay. So I'm going to give you all a little background. On me. <laughs> um, my church experience is very unique. Mm-hmm. I was born in a Baptist church. Gotcha. We went Kojic, mm-hmm. went non-denominational. Okay. And then I came back to Kojic. Mm-hmm. So. 
Interesting. I've experienced a number of denominations. Mm-hmm. And every one of them looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the rules are the same. Mm-hmm. But I also experienced that a lot of those denominations have biases against the other. Oh, yeah. It's gang gang around there. It really is. Yeah. And I was just, I was tripping off of that, me, myself personally, <laughs> because I'm like, we all profess that we love God. We all right. profess that we're saved. Right. We all profess all of these things. But if I say I go to so-and-so and so-and-so Baptist church and you Kojic, it's it's a whole beef now. Right. Well, it used to be back in the day. I don't right. think that's so much the case anymore. It might. It depends. Well, I think if you start climbing higher up in ranks, it'll get like that. Not, not even necessarily true, because... I hear my husband and his friends, his pastoral friends, go back and forth about this stuff all the time. Oh. So, and then that was the other thing I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. So with that and the de- denominational thing, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and again, don't get too mad at me. I'm not going for you mad at you. <laughs> get very cultish. Listen, I've always, and I, and I really wish that, I was able to get into direct conversation with my professors in mm-hmm. in, uh, in school, um, and because I always wanted to ask them who who told y'all to break off and do all of this. Yes, who told you to have subgroups in Christianity? Like, how did that work? You know, who decided that? Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Baptist. I'm gonna be Pentecostal. I'm gonna be Assemblies of God. I'm gonna I'm gonna be Kojic. Like, who told y'all to do this? And who gave you the right to separate? Um, I'm just at, I'm just saying y'all. I, I personally, like, I don't I don't care if y'all get mad at me. It is what it is. But my thing is, who told y'all to do that? Because that to me is what causes a lot of confusion amongst people who just want to come and know God. What yes. happened to just wanting to come and be in the presence of God and wanting to know God? And however God deals with you mm-hmm. is how God deals with you. However God deals with me is how He deals with me. But why do we like to take excerpts out of the Scripture, right? Because you know, see. I'm glad that they say it to you because my thing is, and I'm not glad that they say it to you, but my thing is, it's like, we can, we can, we can go Bible verse for Bible verse. And that's the thing. That's not a problem. Essentially. That's what it should be. It should just be preaching the word. Right. Because the word also says, since they want to drop, what was it? Second Chronicles on you? Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians on you. I mean, we could also take a look at Mark seven, right? So I like to read Mark seven, um, and 21 from the Amplified uh, mm-hmm. Bible. Because I feel like the Amplified just give you the real deal, Holy Field. Mm-hmm. It don't cut no corners. It make it very plain yes. for all generations to read. Yes. So if you go to like Mark 7 and 21, so it literally it says like for from within, that is out of the heart of men, come base and uh, malevolent. Oh, I'm going to pronounce this terribly on today. Uh, malevolent. M-A-L-E-V-O-L-E-N-T. Okay, thoughts and schemes, acts of sexual immorality, thieves, murderers, adulterers, acts of greed and covetedness, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained conduct, envy, jealousy, slander, profanity, arrogance and self-righteousness and poor. I mean, foolishness, poor judgment, all these evil things, schemes and desires come from within and defile and dishonor the man. Right. Mm -hmm. So so when people like to say things like you can't hang out with those people because they're going to cause you or culture is going to cause you to change. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, The word tell us that was already in us. Mm hmm. So if I get changed by culture, it's because I was already that's already in me. Yes. And that's that's the real deal. So that's why I'm like, when people want to say things like that, it's like, okay, well, wait a minute, because that's just Mark. But then if you pop over to Romans, Mm -hmm. because Romans is like 
Rome is the truth. So, okay, y'all, like for real, we we going to do Bible stuff too on this thing. Mm-hmm. So y'all got to just understand it. I mean, it's just the, the churchiness in us. It is. But <laughs> I mean, we're literally millennials in ministry. Yes. Like we, we get it. So if you go over to, to Romans 12 and like literally look at Romans 12 and then go to 2 and read through like five, right? So basically it says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer in its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature mm-hmm. spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes for that you may prove for yourself that the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. First of all, the Bible just flat out said, let's let's just break this down in layman's terms because mm-hmm. we like to use a lot of extra words mm-hmm. and the Bible ain't that complex no. and people really make it complex. But what basically it's saying is, is as you grow and mature more spiritually, as you connect more with 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 Christ, right, mm-hmm. and connecting with God because you got to go through Jesus to get to God. OK, mm-hmm. that's just what it is. Don't try to shortcut. Mm-hmm. Don't be trying to spin a block. You're going to run back into Jesus every time. Yes. Once you get closer to Jesus and you start allowing God and the Holy Spirit to talk to you and you mature spiritually, that will alter what is okay for you. And that is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, because that's what the Bible say. Yes. Like, how do we turn around in the church and then say, uh-uh, you can't wear, let me tell you, let me tell y'all something. Listen. I will bust out in a high heel on you and a, and a dress and my kneecaps and a heartbeat. I will wear my arms out and let all my chicken wing good cooking flaps <laughs> fly right there in church while I clap it up for Jesus. And I will wear a banging wig or let my locks be out in a bomb lip or I will come in looking just like I look today and that does not change the anointing on my life so that's the part I was getting ready to get to because I was just having this conversation with a young lady the other day Mm -hmm. Um, because somebody an older saint I heard her over say to somebody "If if a woman wears pants it means she's really not safe. Okay, well then I ain't safe because I got pants and holes on my pants. So, so I mean, you. you but saved. again, my husband had to have that conversation. Of, what? Where does that come from? So that comes from denominational practices. If you wear pants, you're not saved. Yes, because in Kojic, traditionally women don't wear pants in the Church of God in Christ. I understand it, but you're not saved. So that's what she said. So and I was like, but that's not what our denomination says. They just prefer that you wear. Skirts and wait, dresses. Wait, 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 and then wait. the scripture they throw at us all the time is women are not to wear things pertaining to a man. Okay, but 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 see, but see, here we go. Yes. Here we go. So that was read further down yes. in the scripture. Because if that's the case, we ain't supposed to wear a gang of materials and nothing else. Yes. So and we I watched that sermon by G. E. Patterson where he breaks all of that down. But then my husband had to say, you know, your exterior has nothing to do with your interior. Come on. God looks at your heart, man. He looks at your heart and your intention and what's what you want to give out and what you want to put out into the world. And my thing is, my father-in-law used to always say, let God do the convicting. Come on. And I had to literally pull somebody to the side not too long ago because those of you who do not know, my husband and I do not preach against stress. As long as you're appropriate when you come to church, that's all we care about. Gotcha. So come to find out an older lady was going around to people in the church saying you know better the next time you come in this church i bet i see you with no pants on okay first of all where do we live let's start geographically where we are and second of all pastor the pastor of the church did not say has anything openly said across the pulpit that he has no problem with women wearing pants in this ministry he sets the house rules what does okay 
see that that so, type of stuff drives again, me insane. I didn't know about it because it apparently it happened a couple times. But you know how quickly that turns people away from God. But that was my thing. Luckily, the women she said it to were strong enough to take it. And not only that, they got that knuck a few buck spirit too. Okay, hey, gang, gang, my people, twin. <laughs> so she was like, first of all, who are you to be coming to me saying anything? I'm grown. Are you gonna buy my clothes? Are you gonna dress me? But I guess my thing is, is what if I was homeless, Key? Like, let's just let's just really go here. What yes. if I was homeless and I went to the Salvation Army and all they had for me was a pair of pants? But I knew that I wanted to make my way to church because I had to get something from God. So I took the Salvation Army pants mm-hmm. that I got and I came into the house of the Lord. And you mean to? And I gave my life to God. Because my faith was built on me getting to the house of God, right? Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me that I'm not saved? First, the word tells us our faith, right? That's that's what does it. Our faith mm-hmm. is the salvation. That's what that is. And it has nothing to do with the pants. with your mouth and believe in your heart. That's it. It didn't tell me that and I needed to be dressed in a doggone skirt it to the ground. Not. It did not. That's going to rip up. It didn't tell me that. And I'm I'm gonna be honest. I've I've had a bit of that rebellious spirit on me lately. <laughs> okay, Lord, right now, God, we come against the spirit of rebellion. <laughs> and when I say rebellious, <laughs> I mean breaking tradition. Oh, is that actually rebellious though? To people, it is. Is that a stronghold, or is it rebellion? And I I say rebellion because to them I'm being rebellious because I'm bucking up against our tradition and our denomination. But the word of God tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers in high places. And we need to break every stronghold. So if you're if you're going to tell me my pants. So literally (laughs) stronghold. We need to break that. She came to me and said that the lady was saying that I put on some jeans the next Sunday. Okay, key that may have and just been. And I put on you. a that red lip. Just... I had on heavy eyeshadow. That, it was cute, but I, it was heavy. I really believe that that was just you being key. I don't think that had nothing to do with the spirit. Because <laughs> I wanted her to come up to me and tell me I wasn't safe. But she wasn't going to. And I'm just like, who are you to say who is or isn't saved? And then to me, now you're sinning because you're judging. Right. And judge not lest you be judged by the same yes. measure. You know what? Listen, the, the thing is, is um, this just reminds me of like a, a larger scale issue, too, mm-hmm. that we're actually seeing in the culture, culture versus Christianity and Christianity culture. However, we, we like to intertwine the two mm-hmm. is people like to jump on individuals like Ty Trivet. Yes, right. Yes. Um, or they like to get on Kurt Franklin, who, you know, they've been on since we were kids. Uncle Kurt. Uh, yeah. Okay. Period. Shout out to Kurt and, mm-hmm. and Father's Day album. Listen, go. What? That, anyway, that docu-series had me in tears. That part. Listen, man, I was like, baby, are you okay? I mean, because I, I felt that in yes. my soul. Yes. That just opened up. Honestly, Kurt, if you ever happen to run across our podcast, that that healing that you allowed us to see mm-hmm. healed so many places, even in me concerning my own father that you just don't know about. So I want to thank you for letting God use you to, to do that, honestly, if you ever happen to see this. But, you know, from little, from little <laughs> Romy in Milwaukee. Um... But, like, if we take a look at Ty Tribute mm-hmm. and we take a look at Kurt Franklin mm-hmm. and we take a look at um, uh, who else is, is they kind of, like, tag. People just always got something to say about them. Leandria Johnson. Yeah. Um, a lot of these uh, leading gospel singers at this point in time. Mm-hmm. People will take a look at how they connect to multi-generations mm-hmm. and say that you're trying too hard to be, like, the culture of the world. Now, let me tell you. So, my brother... 
happened and I'm trying to still forgive him because God said that we have to forgive so that uh, so that he can forgive us. Uh-huh. But my brother went to the Kurt Franklin concert oh, in Chicago and did not tell me oh, that he no. was going and getting tickets. So I said that I was going, I'm forgiving you publicly, uh, man, man, right now. I'm mm-hmm. forgiving you. Mm-hmm. However, though, uh, <laughs> you know, I love him. But he went and he said that... Um, Melodies from Heaven. They played Melodies from Heaven. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, rain down on me. Like in a full like yeah, body roll. And then he said, Kirk was like, wait a minute, are we body rolling to uh, Melodies from Heaven? And like everybody was in a whole swing, right, in a sway. And so I was cracking up about it and I said, you know what, I think what people fail to realize is that genetically... Mm-hmm. Some things we are just naturally dispositioned to. And one is music and rhythm. Yes. Right? God did not create Lucifer originally. Mm -hmm. Okay? You know, we know him as the devil, Satan, that dude on the ground, Mm -hmm. whatever we want to call him. Um, He did not create him initially to be what he became. Mm -hmm. His entire being in existence, every movement he made, was music and a worship to God, right? Mm -hmm. And so if he could create a celestial being, you know, like that, you don't think he will put that into people like the people he created, like humans he created? Yes. Some things are just in us to move in that way, and we're not being disrespectful. I feel like sometimes American culture wipes out a lot for us that Mm -hmm. naturally come. Like in West African cultures, body movement Moving your bottom, mm-hmm. moving your top, whatever you do, it's, you know, it's a cultural, it's a cultural thing. thing. Yeah. And this, let's even go spiritually, sis. David danced all his clothes. You know how much gyrating, like folks want to call it, yes. you have to do to dance out your clothes? Yes. Like, that's scripture. So how do we then turn around and be like, uh-uh, that's y'all defiling God, that's body rolling. Hey, listen, if I happen to, like, Rain down on me. Am I hurting you doing that? No, but I also think a big part of it is intentionality. Okay, but my intentions is worshiping God but at that moment. I'm, I'm swaying. Your intentions are to worship and ad- admire God. And, you know, you're just... It's adoration to him for giving you the activities of your land. Exactly. Giving Thank you. you. But again, I think that sometimes people misinterpret that. That's because that's within them. Hey, listen, let me tell y'all this right now. Let me look at the camera, sis. <laughs> hey, listen, let me tell y'all something. If y'all going in church and y'all can pay attention to somebody swinging they behind or moving their bodies the wrong way, you need to check your own self right there in church. Because honest to God, you need to ask God what is up with your lust demon. That you dealing with in that exact moment. If the first thing you notice is somebody swinging to rain down on me, it's how they body moving at the bottom. And honestly, Calm you down. should be so consumed in your own worship that that shouldn't even cross your mind. Go put it on the altar. If you got a problem with your bottom area, go put it on the altar and tell God to fix it. I'm trying to tell you. What's the problem with that? I think, and that's another thing we sway away from, are real conversations about the things that we deal with internally. That's a cultural thing. We get mad saying that outside in culture, you got rappers, you know, like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion Mm -hmm. and people like that that are very expressive about themselves um, sexually, oops, I don't know if I can say that S word on the podcast, Ooh, can I? Can. Oh, okay. Um, you know, in that capacity or whatever, mm-hmm. they're very open about how they feel. You know, you got these other girls out here talking about she looking for the hoochie daddies and all <laughs> <laughs> and all this other kind of stuff or whatever like that. They're expressive about that out there cult- 
culturally, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm using that term loosely, mm-hmm. but we in the church can't go to God and say, hey, God, I'm dealing with this very same expression. Can you help me curve my appetite for those things? But you can. And, but... Those are things that we don't talk about openly. Oh, that's why we got this podcast. Ain't that why we started it? It is exactly why. Because I didn't know we stopped being human because we got saved. Those are conversations we should be having in the church. Because if you're struggling with something and I've overcome it, I can now encourage you and help you through it. I'm just saying. But I can never do that if I don't know you're struggling. Right, because what because I'm scared to come and tell you. You are. And I mean, but that that's I wanna the, and by the way, that y'all, is the culture we've created in church. Exactly. And by the way, y'all, I ain't scared to tell nobody nothing. <laughs> I'm playing advocate for for y'all yes. across the screen yes. here. Because there's been countless people who have come to me and been like, Hey, you know, minister role, you know, and I and that whole minister thing with me is just like whatever. I'm just row, okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I'm scared to, it's so easy to come and talk to you and tell you things because you don't judge. You know, I can't come to church and say that I can't tell my pastor. I can't tell my first lady. I can't tell my youth pastor. I can't tell my women's pastor. I can't tell my young adult pastor or whatever that I'm really struggling with X, Y, Z because they're going to judge me. And my thing is, is that I've just been through a lot key Mm -hmm. with the church. Mm -hmm. Okay. In a brief short, you know, how you gave your connection or whatever. Mm-hmm. All I knew my whole life was church. Mm-hmm. I grew up in, in church. I didn't really care about denominations, but I grew up in church. I grew up in a family of ministers. Mm-hmm. I grew up where we learned and studied the Bible, right? My my grandmother, who is a, a massive inspiration to me as far as being a steward of the Bible, mm-hmm. um, told me don't just take what a pastor says over the pulpit Mm -hmm. go in the word for yourself Mm -hmm. look to see what is in the word because that cuts down confusion god is not the author of confusion Mm -hmm. you know you don't understand that when you're a kid you're like what are you talking about authors whatever but when you get older and you Mm -hmm. start living a little bit longer you understand that and so i grew up and i was like heavy in the church Mm -hmm. right key like when i say heavy heavy i was in youth ministries um crazy enough i was in all type of uh dance ministries and that's where I felt God was through dance. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. Um, My family is full of like singers and musicians. I don't got, I ain't no singer and I'm not a musician, but it was something about music, like the beats and sounds that always worked for me Mm -hmm. to the point where one of my nicknames is bebop. Um, That's my thing. And so don't you start calling me that now. So the thing is, is I grew up like that and, and I remember making one mistake in the church. Mm -hmm. And I remember being called to a meeting Mm -hmm. with other people. I remember being held responsible and accountable for my peers Mm -hmm. because I was the oldest at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Like by what, a month or two, (laughs) crazy enough. Um, And I remember being set down and I had to leave the youth ministry and stuff. And that shaped my view about God mm-hmm. for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I was going away to college, sis, yep. you know, and college in itself is an experience, especially when you go away. Shout out to HBCUs. Mm-hmm. I went to Diller University. Um, you know, I didn't graduate from Diller. You know, Katrina happened. But I went there. Mm-hmm. That in that in itself is a huge uh, experience and, and change anyway because mm-hmm. you're figuring out mm-hmm. yourself, things you did not learn. 
And I found myself just moving further and further and further and further away from God and further and further away from the institution of church and further and further away from anything. Right. And then I lived. Mm -hmm. So we're going to just leave it at that. I lived. And so now that I have developed a stronger relationship with God, not religion, a stronger relationship with God Mm -hmm. and allow God to talk directly to me. Mm -hmm. And it don't come in the typical ways, y'all, that it come in other people. Mm -hmm. Like it's been times I've been driving on my way to work and it's like I'm listening to a song and God just hit me and I have to pull over on like the side of the road Mm -hmm. and just bawl and cry and be in worship. So it doesn't always happen in the way traditionally that we see it happen. Don't Mm -hmm. nobody have to put their hand on me for me to feel God. Mm-hmm. I feel God in very real ways. My, you know, my best friend has told me how she experienced God in a shower. Yeah. <laughs> she was in a shower and she just crumbled in a shower because God, boom, hit her. Mm-hmm. Um, so my thing is I purposely don't judge mm-hmm. because I've lived. Yes. And I think you and I have both experienced a level of church hurt that has made us look at religion in a whole different lens. A whole different lens. Um, And I think that's why my perspective is so different Mm -hmm. because I, like you, experienced a great deal of church hurt. Mm -hmm. And ironically, at the same time that I was leaving for college. And so college was like, okay, this is my getaway. And we got away. I don't know about you, but I I got away. I lived my life. I'm going to just put it like that. I, I fully lived my life oh, when I went to school. Thank the Lord for deliverance. Thank yes. you, God. No, for real. Like, but thank you, God. again, I was so church, 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 church yeah. that when I went away to college, I was like, I've done nothing. Right, so it's let me experience so culture. So let me experience culture. Let me experience the things that everybody's been preaching to me all my life that I cannot do. Right, why is it so bad? Yes, and I'm, I'm very much a curiosity got the cat type of person. <sighs> So it's just like, okay, why can't I do this? And again, I got in trouble a lot at my former church Mm -hmm. because I'm a why, why, why type of person. Right. And, you know, the pastor would say, well, you do this. And I'd be like, well, why? Yeah. And he'd be like, because I said so. And I'd be like, well, that's not an answer. Exactly. And I mean, and a lot of people don't know this. And he's gone on to be with the Lord. And I love him to death. But me and my father-in-law, who was my former pastor, used to go at it. Like, go toe-to-toe. Really? Like, not only was I a member, I was also, eventually, I became his secretary. Mm-hmm. So it was many a days I come down here during the day just to check on him or I come down here to do some office work and me and him would be in the office and we be going at it. <laughs> like he like to the point where he is yelling at me for me to shut up. Like we would go back and forth and I loved it because I always again, a part of it was me just getting a rise out of him. You are terrible. But the other part was I genuinely was curious as to why. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, he was a no nonsense, do what I say type of person. But mm-hmm. that again, that was the culture and the yeah, era that absolutely. he was raised in. Yeah. And that was the church culture that he came up in. So and it wasn't me trying to be disrespectful. I just wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Because again, us millennials is always why, why, why? Why am I doing this? Why do I have to do that? Why are you saying that? Why am I doing that? And it's not, and I want people to stop saying we're being disrespectful because we're asking why. It's not. We just want to learn and we want to know. Well, I think there's a couple things too that we have to take into consideration here. One, our generation, so millennials. We are what the eighties babies mm-hmm. to like 95, 96 yeah. ish mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay, cool. So, the, so the thing is, is with millennials, 
we grew up in an era of the Mm in-between. At least this is just my perception of Mm -hmm. it. We grew up where our parents may have Mm -hmm. or may not have gone to college or Mm -hmm. had the opportunity, Mm -hmm. where our parents may have or may not have had the opportunity to have great jobs Mm -hmm. and and sustain themselves very well Mm -hmm. for us. We grew up in the era of all of these resources and programs were available for us, but we had to prove why we were um, worthy of receiving these things. Mm-hmm. And now we're adults. Yeah. That doesn't change. When you train people to be a certain kind of way, mm-hmm. that translates in every area of their life, yes. including religion. Yes. So if you told me that I had to prove why I needed to get this scholarship. I had to prove why I was a devoted daughter. I had to prove why I was a good girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I had to prove why I was a a great friend because we grew up in the era of three-way calling you. Yes. Right? You was doing something shady, baby. We was on that three-way. We grew up in the era of very competitive people, right? Mm -hmm. And so because of that, um, now we're adults and we've lived and we have a better understanding of life, but that doesn't change the why. Mm-hmm. Why are you telling me that God says that I should not fornicate? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Other than saying it's in the Bible, what does that even mean? Because yes, honestly, I can go fornicate and repent and I'll still go to heaven. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, and the other thing, what, right? Like, you have to tell me what, what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to explain that to me. And we're, because we've been the prove generation, mm-hmm. you got to prove it. We have to prove ourselves and you need to prove it to us generation. Mm-hmm. You have to break down the word of God to us. Mm-hmm. We just don't take it. We're not our parents' generation that's just going to take it for what you said. Because then when we went and started researching for ourselves, mm-hmm. y'all trained us and raised us to be scholars. Yes. Okay? Y'all yes. trained us to go research. We broke in the computers. You yes. feel me? Not dating <clears throat> ourselves because we look good for our <laughs> ages. But what I'm saying is that we were here with the computers. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so you taught us to research and go do things. We were still in libraries where now Literally. everything is access to their phones. We had to go figure this stuff out. We had to read the, the things on. So now when we start grilling you about the things that you've taught us, you get angry about it. Don't yes. get angry. Because just talk to us about it. Talk to us about it. And also, I felt like they got angry because they were just regurgitating what they've been taught. And then it was wrong. It, I mean, my thing is, is did it stop divorce? No. Okay. And I want to tell you something. I think the best thing that you've done that I've experienced, outside just being dope, is when you held your women's month. Mm-hmm. Was that the month or the week? It was the month. The month. And you had a series of conversations mm-hmm. and topics. And I think the best one, which you probably are going to laugh, that it was it was not mine. It was not mine. Okay. Right. But I believe the best one that you really should have done a part two for. I probably should have. And I think I know what you're talking was about. Was the why am I married, stay married yes. discussion. Yes. Baby, let me tell y'all. I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's recorded, but if it's, it re- if it's recorded. Okay. She's saying it's recorded. Yes. Go find it. And go look at it. The questions that came from the audience. And we should have done a part two. And I am going to do a part two series. You need to. Yes. And the, and the and responses. And dive a little more in depth about it. We need to. Because the responses um, from the panelists were so thought provoking. They were. But some of them I think were too surface level. 
Well, they were surface level because, again, when you're trained to not really have those conversations, you get embarrassed about really talking about it. But when you had that discussion and we were talking about certain things, you know, it was just like, okay. And, and y'all, I was a fire starter because I kicked up this question. You weren't the only one, though. And I said, you know, like, where in the Bible does it provide us with the tools we need to remain married? Right. Mm -hmm. Or to get married or to prepare ourselves for marriage. It was really good. Y'all need to go check it out. But outside of that, like we need to provide a space in the church to be real. Yes. And and that was like that was seriously called real conversations is what the name of the series was. Mm -hmm. Um, And which is why I did it. Because I have these conversations with my girlfriends, and I'm like, okay, if we're having these conversations, there are other people having these And you can't tell me. You cannot. I don't care what nobody say. And don't come after me because I'm saying this part. Please don't, because I mean it with the most respect. But you can't tell me that Mama Karen Clark Shear don't be having no real deal Holyfield conversations with her sisters. I'm sure she does. You feel me? Because everybody like, needs a sounding board. <laughs> because... It's, it's just like you need it. You do. You need a safe space where you can feel comfortable and have real conversations with people. Yeah. Who gonna give you the real and give you the honest. And honestly, too, something, you know, that I really, really want to put on, you know, your mind mm-hmm. as well as our listeners' minds here is, is we, it's just my opinion that we really need to get more people who look like the generations coming up in ministry and leadership. We do. And honestly, and when you say that, I do see that there is a shift. Yes. In ministry leaders. It and is. Just in our immediate circle. So me and my husband were, I want to say the first in our jurisdiction to be appointed at our age. Okay. Awesome. Um, which was also difficult. Okay. Because there was like a 30 to 40 year age gap between us and other pastors. Oh, wow. So there was an issue with us being relatable to them, which when I say an issue, it was kind of an issue. My husband had older parents, so he could relate to pretty much everybody. But also there was a disconnect. I mean, when we were going to them, asking them about things. And I honestly feel like and this is just my experience. Mm -hmm. That when I was going to some of these older first ladies looking for a mentor, asking them questions, I, I kind of felt like they didn't want to really embrace me or like help me mm. or because they were just like, well, girl, I didn't been there, done that. I've been pastoring. My husband pastoring 40, 50 years. You just got to figure it out. It's kind of how I felt. Now, there were two younger first ladies who embraced me. But when I say younger, they're in their at the time they were in like their early 40s. I was 29. That's still a massive gap, though. Yeah, but they were like, sis, if you need anything, call me. If you need help with something, just call me. Let's connect. But also, my mindset is, first lady, first lady, I know you got a lot on your plate. I'm not going to call you and bug you about something I feel is minute or minor. Mm. But also, why can't we have those conversations? Why can't we have those circles? Or And we have things like pastor's wife circle and all of those things. But again, I feel like... When we're in those settings, all of that stuff is surface level. All of that stuff is like, what? Yeah, because like in those in those settings as first ladies, like, are you having conversations where it's like, I'm dealing with infidelity in my marriage as no, a pastor and first lady. We're not. What are we going to do about that? But that's because I don't want my business out there. Because can I trust you if I share that? I mean, so the same, 
you're just answering my my question, which is the same fears that. And we, you I'm not going to get into what I really want to get into when it comes to pastors okay, and first well, ladies. Yes, it can ma'am. be very, I mean, not in this episode because we won't have time to get into it. Okay, right. But it can be very political and it can be very catty. Mm. And I didn't realize that until I became a first lady. And it was my husband thinking he was protecting me because he's been there, done that. He's been a PK all his life. Mm-hmm. So he's seen his mom and dad go through a lot of stuff. But he didn't expose me to that because he felt like he was trying to protect me because I'd never seen that side of people before. Mm-hmm. Um, or I shouldn't say people. I'd never seen that side of pastors and first ladies before. So I had a certain reverence mm-hmm. for them because they were pastors and first ladies. But again, I always, we forget to humanize our leaders sometimes Mm -hmm. because we have such high expectations for them. But in those settings, if I know five of these first ladies in here don't care for me and don't like me, I'm not going to share that in this setting because now I know all my business is going to be out in the street. And it shouldn't be like that. It should be a sisterhood where I can come and confide in you because you're walking in my footsteps or you've been there or you've had some life experience where you can say, well, I've experienced that in my marriage. Here's what helped us. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that's the reason why God is is raising up Mm -hmm. a set of leaders that the trust comes from the transparency Mm -hmm. or trust in transparency. Mm -hmm. And if, if we really think about it, that's what we're seeing across the board with people who are wanting a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. They want you to be transparent, mm-hmm. not for the sake of judgment, but no. I'm hurting. Yes. And I need you to help me get through this. Mm-hmm. Don't give me this superficial response. Mm-hmm. Tell me exactly what you did. And one of the young ladies actually said that in that setting and the topic you were talking about. Cause she said it, I mean, she said it in so many words, but afterwards, after we cut, you know, the cameras and we kind of stepped down, she actually came to me and was like, I'm going through a lot in my marriage. And I was asking y'all for step one, two, and three on how to get through this rough patch. And y'all were giving me surface level stuff. And again, but it's also us trying to figure out how to break that barrier and how to come out of that. That's fair. Because we've been trained to do things a certain way for so long. So training is getting in the way of ministry. Honestly, yes. And that's why Mm. I'm like, we, to me, we as the church and we as the ministry have to find that line Mm -hmm. between church and culture. We have to figure out how to walk that line. And when I say walk that line, because ministry has changed tremendously from back in the day. Yes, ma'am. People aren't just walking in your church off the street. We have to now go out and compel people to come. And in order to go out, we have to meet people where they are. And if we're so close-minded and we're not even bothered to even know about the culture that's going on outside of our church walls, how can we relate to those people? How can we bring them in? How can we evangelize to them? I'm going to need you to keep preaching on this here, Mike. (laughs) Come on. But I mean, that's is honestly how if I come to you expecting you to receive what I'm saying, but I can't even Jesus ministry. He related to people. He fulfilled their need in order for them to then listen and be receptive to what he was trying to bring to them. And if I can't fulfill their needs or even relate to them on any level. How can I expect them to listen to anything I'm trying to say, receive anything I'm trying to say? Right. It's like, it's the same thing that applies. I think 
where we miss in the church is that we act like we don't have similarities or mirror mm-hmm. experiences out in the everyday world, right, mm-hmm. that we do in the church. It's no different than your job. I don't want you to come in and be a social worker or tell me you're a social worker and you've never worked with people that are impoverished. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to say, you need to do this as a nurse, but you've never been a nurse. You've never sat down to do those trainings. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have somebody with the experience and knowledge base and actually live those things to help you get through it than somebody who just has practical knowledge or textbook knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with us in the church. Exact same thing. If you've been through a divorce, you can talk to me about being divorced and finding confidence again. Mm -hmm. If you've been a victim or been the person to be, you know, unfaithful Mm -hmm. in your marriage But somebody has done that and found a way to be redeemed and liberated in that regard. You need that. Mm -hmm. If if I'm a person who, you know, has done whatever under the sun, I was out here hitting the corner, spinning the blocks, Mm -hmm. doing whatever I was doing to make ends meet. And and God delivered me and helped me get out of that. You're the person I need to talk to. Mm -hmm. If I struggled with, you know, whatever... Whatever I was struggling with, I was out, out here dropping it low, and it wasn't for Jesus. <laughs> it was for somebody else, yeah. and I was making that money. Mm-hmm. But I turned my life around. Like, how do I sustain a lot of the issues that we miss in the church? Is not how do I get through it, but how do I sustain and stay solid in my faith? Yes. How do I stay true to? You know, my faith is what's going to make me whole. Like, how do I how do I stick to that? Mm-hmm. And we we rip that apart as the church. Mm-hmm. We strip the saints faith and then wonder why they like forget it. Yes, because we're too busy condemning instead of encouraging or praying. Hey, listen, that's why I, that's why I love that we have in this this podcast, because there's a lot that I know that I've just seen in the church and that I have now learned in my own studies, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think what people in the church fail to realize is we're so consumed about how we look different from the world, but we don't look different from the world. We don't. And a person who truly loves God, that will show through in any situation, in any setting, because there are times again, I'm a part of an organization. Mm-hmm. We'll go out and have some outings. Mm-hmm. Certain people will come, again, not even knowing that I'm a first lady, and just feel some type of way about doing certain things or saying certain things around me. Let your life And shine, I don't even girl. have to say, don't do that or don't say that. Because I'm not a holy roller and I'm not, you know, <laughs> thumping down people's doorstep saying, you can't do this because I'm saved. Like... Let your light so shine. Come on. People see that regardless of if you say it or not. Yeah. I mean, it's even if you're not like the most poised individual, Mm -hmm. some of us ain't looking for all of that. Some of us are just looking for you to be real. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, don't. And I, I cracked a joke at my church about how I struggled one Sunday with what I was going to wear. And I changed outfits like four times and God was like, don't put that on because I will floor you in that. Yes. <laughs> like, don't be fooled by the fact that I'm wearing a cap and a sweatshirt today and jeans and some and some J's. Mm-hmm. Like, don't that I'm still the same person that right now, if you call my phone in the middle of this podcast and say, 
Romy, I need you to pray for me. I'm going to be like, hold on, we're going to stop and we're going to start praying. And we're going to make this happen because life is lifing Mm -hmm. and things are real right now. And we have to be there. You know, I just the commission of Christ is to love one another. Mm -hmm. And how we do that is doesn't have anything to do with doctrine, Mm -hmm. doesn't have anything to do with the organizational structure of a church. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with culture versus Christianity has everything to do with what God commanded us to do. And that was to love, to love and and we spread love. And and that's what we need to, because this is the one thing that I know I'm going to leave you with. And, and everybody else with is, is that if you have professed to be a believer in Christ, um, be mindful. That's all I'm going to ask is just be mindful that you might be the only version of the Bible. Somebody sees Mm -hmm. every day. Now, what does I what do I want that version to look like? Mm-hmm. You know how you got the NIV, mm-hmm. the Amplified, and the yep. King James. Yeah. Well, the Row version, <laughs> the Row Amplified, the the RAV, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Version of the Bible is I want God's love to show through me, mm-hmm. God's forgiveness, His redemption. His liberation, because y'all, I've been free to some stuff, okay? Listen, like, freedom, not even being funny. God is so different. good, look, man. Not, look, not to be, you know, culturally inappropriate. It hit different. It hit real different when when you really let God do his thug dizzle with you, mm-hmm. for real. Um, but that's what I want God to see, you know, what people to see through me mm-hmm. about God, I should say. Mm-hmm. That's the version of the Bible, that we can be free. Mm-hmm. And that this is what freedom looks like. This is what salvation looks like. This is what healing looks like. This is what grace. I have a tattoo on my arm, y'all, and I'm tatted. I'm tatted up. Um, we gonna get into that too, girl. And I and cute mm-hmm. with my tattoos, but I have a tattoo, and it's in the shape of a cross. And on the cross, it's red. My the word grace is in red. And I remember the tattoo artist asking, like, why did I choose to do that? And I said. Because it is a reminder for me that that Jesus' blood is the grace that I have on my mm-hmm. life for me. Mm-hmm. It might you might think I was dead wrong for getting a tattoo, but for me, that grace that came from Jesus dying for Romisa mm-hmm. for me, that's enough. You know, that's enough. And and that's the version of the Bible that I want people to see, mm-hmm. that, that his grace is sufficient. Yes. So we are going to wrap things up here. If y'all want a part two, just let us know. We We're going to merely rock we can get on every it. block. Listen. The block by the church. But I just wanted to say thank you all for joining us for this very first episode. Look, we, we got some things we going to really talk about yes. here. I hope y'all ready. If y'all have any questions or anything, definitely hit us up. Either one of us in our inbox. Um, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, bear with us. We are growing. We are doing. Yes. We are, me and Romy had this conversation. <laughs> we are going to end this year with doing what we say we're going to do. No, for real. So we are doing it. We are yes. putting it out there as is. You know, we're giving it our best effort. We're going to grow. We're going to do different things. But I just want to say thank you all for listening. Yeah. to the Millennials in Ministry podcast.
with your host, Romy and Kiana. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you share this with your friends, subscribe on YouTube and rate this wherever you are listening. Follow us on all social media platforms and remember to pursue meekness and grace in your journey and be sincere in prayer. Why? Because people and demons are everywhere. Be blessed.